Hello, and welcome to the HRO Growth Show, where we believe that PEOs and HROs are the best kept secret of small business success, that there's plenty of opportunity for all of them and every reason to grow. I'm your host, Ryan McInerney, and with me, as always, is Brandon Laws. How are you today, Brandon? I am great, Ryan. I had so much fun last time that I wanted to come do it again. (laughs) I bet you did. And I'm so glad that you did, because this episode is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about something that's uh, really up and coming. And if you've been on any social channel whatsoever, or you've visited any modern website in the last year, you've probably started to see this concept of conversational marketing that's been brewing. Is this something that you've been seeing happen, Brandon, as you kind of travel through your social sphere? It's crazy how in the last, I would say, six months to a year, how conversational marketing has really dominated the, the marketing space right now, where if you're a marketer who hasn't been living under a rock, you should know what conversational marketing is. But if you if you don't know what it is and don't know the, the value of it, we're going to define that for you today. And I think it's going to be pretty exciting. Agreed. And, and before we get into that, I want to make sure that we give some context here. Because while you and I both love marketing, I think we both understand that we need to go above and beyond brand awareness. I mean, for the at the end of the day, When a business is funding anything to do with growing the business, whether it's on the marketing side or the sales side, marketing is measured by sales. Marketing is measured by sales, which for an HR company doesn't have to be seen as just a transaction. It can be seen as something where two organizations have made a commitment to work together in a symbiotic, mutually helpful or beneficial way. But at the end of the day, how we contribute as a, as a marketer or a salesperson to our organization is really helping at the point of revenue. I mean, marketing serves at the pleasure of revenue. So as we talk today, we want to have that in our mind that we're not just talking about anything gimmicky here. You could use the language that conversational marketing is really part of the sales enablement playbook. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Good. So let's go ahead and just start things off by defining what conversational marketing is. So whether you've been living under a rock or, or you're already applying this today, there's a lot of confusion. Well, first of all, chatbots are not conversational marketing. That's not the sum total of what we're talking about today. Conversational marketing is really the ability to have one-on-one personal conversations across multiple channels. This is where you're meeting customers how and when and where they want. And it's, as I said, it's more than chatbots or live chat. It really extends to phone calls and texts and Facebook Messenger, email or Slack or and anything else that you can think of. It's basically any channel in which a customer wants to communicate with your brand. Uh, I'm just give you an example of this. There's an organization that I work with that I outsource to, and I started a conversation with them in their chat bot. This just happened yesterday. And I started a conversation with them in the chat and I got one of the responses that they weren't presently available at the moment. So I kept talking to the, the chat bot. Simultaneously, I went over to email and there was something I needed to send them that I couldn't attach to the chat bot. So I sent an email to that exact same person. And then later on, I called the company. These are all three examples of conversational marketing that all happened within 24 hours. And in my mind, it was all one continuous conversation. In my mind, I was interacting with the brand across these completely different channels and having an interaction and one single conversation across three different platforms. So really conversational marketing is allowing people to engage with your brand in whichever means they want to. 
Yeah, and I agree. And I, I, what I want to add to that is I feel like there's this human component that's always been missing to conversations with the brand. And I think there, there's an opportunity throughout these channels to bring out the human side of these businesses. We're, like We always say B2B, right? Business to business. We're, it's really human to human if you think about it. There's people that support that brand and having a conversation, whether it's on the phone, email, a chat bot, there's usually some sort of person on the other side of that. And there's an opportunity to have a, a real conversation with a real person that's part of that brand. And it reflects really good on the brand if you do it right. I totally agreed. And I love the H to H, especially for the HR company that's looking to grow and not lose the human element which is an interesting little kind of foreshadowing there. You see what I did there, Brandon? That's actually what we're going to be talking about on our next episode is how do you maintain being a human organization while still employing technology? But that, that's for next week. So make sure you come back for that. But today, as we drill down into conversational marketing, I want you to understand that there are some really key trends that are happening that kind of motivate this. So so there's uh, some interesting statistics that have come out recently. And I grabbed some of these stats from Drift, which is a conversational marketing software. Love Drift. Oh, it is a great company and a shout out to them today. When we look at technology, when we look at channels that people communicate on, I recognize that one day, Brandon, you and I may be doing a future episode of this where we look back on when conversational marketing became a really big hit. And surely... There's going to be people that come in and invent new ways to communicate that people gravitate towards because that's what's always happening is that humans never change, but they do adopt and adapt to new communication vehicles. And one of the communication vehicles that was super popular and very successful, we all can go back just 10 years and remember the success of email marketing. We can remember when the majority of people were happy to receive one of your emails. I mean, you go back 20 years and everybody opened every email because it's like so awesome when you heard you got mail. But nowadays, the open rate of an email, and this is from an email that uh, to somebody who would expect to hear from you, idles around 20%. So that means that you may have to email somebody who said they want to hear from you five times before you actually get an open. And when you look at, you know, one of the other things that we got really excited about just a few years ago, especially with the dawn of HubSpot and other marketing technologies, were landing pages. We could turn an anonymous website visitor into a known contact. I mean, this we could take somebody who was browsing our website, who was possibly in market, actively looking to buy, and then get them to go to a page where they would self-identify, provide us their information in exchange for some value. And I remember when we started to employ those tools, we were getting conversion rates somewhere between 30 and 50%. And really the only place we see that happening now is in webinars, which is kind of like the last thing. Everything else is around 2%, 2% conversion rate. That means that if your campaign, your marketing campaign is intended to drive new opportunities to your website, if you're thinking about doing an inbound demand generation that means that 98% of your efforts to your landing page are wasted. Mm. And those people may have actually been ideal candidates. And those people who said, yes, I'll subscribe to your blog, or yes, I want to download that and you can email me later, only about one in five times are they going to even open. And that's not even the engagement rate. And so there's some other statistics that are out there too, Brandon, that I came across. Did you know, according to Business Insider, 
that messaging apps have surpassed the usage of social networks. So we're talking about, you know, the big four, the WhatsApps and the Facebook Messenger and some of the other interaction platforms. Did you did you know that? I did not know that. That's actually quite shocking. It's amazing. But let me let me ask you this. Why do you think that chat message experiences have surpassed the daily usage of social networks, the big four social networks? They want the, that personal connection. They want it now. And with social, I, I think there's always a lag effect unless you're sitting there on the channel at the, at the moment talking with people back and forth. I just don't think there's that instantaneous gratification that there is with Messenger. You're exactly right. It's the instantaneousness of communication. And we've gotten really comfortable with texting. I don't know about yeah. you, but, but I always want to text, even though I'm happy to get on a phone call with people I know. That sense that I can ping an organization or I can ping a person who's on social and I can have a private one-to-one communication with them, you know, where I can just say whatever I want to and be able to share all the rich media and, and all that other stuff. I, I appreciate it. It actually makes me be more social. But you know, what's interesting is that you might think that the people who are using these conversational approaches, the, I mean, the, the actual end user, the one who is participating in this, it's just, you know, your 25-year-old marketing person or creative type or, you know, just somebody who's young in their career. But actually, that's not true at all. The people who use these are wildly more on the senior level of the organization. Uh, these are decision makers that tend to be using these conversational interfaces more because they like the sense of having direct contact with somebody who can get things done for them. They enjoy having direct communication with a brand that they're considering possibly working with because their generation, especially for people who are in mid-market or small business and they've been doing what they do for a while, they liked phone. You know, They liked somebody showing up and, and having a handshake and talking for a while. This gives a bit of that back without all of the commitment of an in-person meeting or a phone call. I always liken it to this. And here's an example that's really broad, but everybody's been on the phone with a cable company before, right? You're sitting on hold waiting for a customer service rep for half an hour, and then you're troubleshooting for another 45 minutes after that. Whereas what if there was a way to have a conversation with somebody instantaneously, they answered your questions, and you're you're away. You could multitask or do whatever you want. You didn't waste your time. I think... A lot of executives nowadays and senior leader people, they're using some of these instantaneous messaging tools because their time is precious and they don't want to sit on hold forever waiting for answers. It makes no sense. You're absolutely right. I agree. Now, you're able to speak to this from authority because I believe you've been using at Xenium conversational marketing now for a while. Isn't that yeah, right? Yeah, I've been using a couple different tools. I'm with Drift right now, but for probably a year and a half. I haven't been using the lead bot component to it, but I, I really just self-installed the live chat feature along with some other upgraded features to really test it out and see how it's been working. And I love it. It's, it's really changed the way that middle of the funnel works for us. What are some of the improvements that you guys have seen there? For, for one, we do a, a ton of content marketing. So top of the funnel type activities... Sometimes, you know, if somebody fills out a form, they, they're a known visitor at that point using marketing automation. But what was missing all along was when somebody has a question or they, they're looking for something or they want more of something or they even want pricing, starting that conversation immediately, that was just not happening. 
we would basically wait for them to engage so much to where they would inquire about our services, ask for a quote. And none of that in between was ever happening. So we can't just, you know, as they're, they're reading content, just pop open with a chat and say, Hey, did you find everything you needed today? Is there anything I can help you with? And before it was just sitting around waiting. So it's really helped us push things along and build a human element to our brand. You know, we've, we've always equated the website to the storefront. And one of the things that I always remember back in my, uh, my days when I was in college, when I used to go to Moe's, and this is back when Moe's was still new and cool. And I don't know if you've got any Moe's out there in Oregon, but we would walk in the door and you'd hear, welcome to Moe's by all of the staff that were there. And it's a lot like Chick-fil-A's, you know, my pleasure. It's that human touch, you know, so if your website or your digital domain is a store, then you definitely want to have the shopkeeper. You want to have the staff equipped to be able to welcome people when they come inside the door. You know, window shopping is when you're on the outside. But if somebody gets into your website, they're essentially coming in the door to your organization. And when it's cold and there's nobody there, maybe the site is nice to look at, but they're left to their own devices to find what they need. When you're living and present and actually there with them via a chat bot that's helpful to an extent or through live chat, you're able to interact with them in a way that you couldn't before. And if they were to tweet you or they were to send you an email or pick up the phone and call, in each of those instances, you want to give them that warm welcome. And I think that's something that's, uh, that's probably you guys have experienced. But I'm curious, you know, whenever you implement a new technology or you try a new solution, you went from at one point not having live a year and a half ago to now having it. Have there been any, have, I mean, have you used it as a crutch at all by chance or are there any pitfalls that you would recommend people avoid or, or kind of keep an eye out for? I think don't do too much at once and definitely build a process around how you're communicating with people. I think those would be the pitfalls. If you get too many people involved in the, in the chats and not setting, if you're going to use the, the bot component to some of these chat tools make sure you're setting them up correctly so that it sounds like your brand. Otherwise, I, I really think iterating is the most important thing to, to realize is that if you're not driving action or the conversations that you're hoping for, then maybe you're just doing something wrong. And I think those are the things to avoid. Otherwise, it's, it's an experiment to a certain extent. It's a way, as you said, Ryan, to welcome people as they're coming in the door. Be friendly. Make your brand come through the messaging and get get them what they need immediately. If you if you're slow to respond, that's going to be a biggest pitfall because people are coming there to talk instantaneously. They'll bounce and leave, and that's probably one less person who's a fan of your brand if you're not taking care of them immediately. Yeah, so that is definitely one of the issues that you bring up there. If you've ever texted anybody, you know, sometimes when I'm at work and I need to get a hold of my wife or she needs to get a hold of me, we text, right? And then it's like. Uh, you didn't respond back to me for like three minutes. I mean, I've already moved on to the next thing. Oh, now you're texting me back. You know, we're, we're so yeah. entitled, aren't we? When we communicate with somebody through an instant channel. So for an organization that has not up until now taken very seriously their web presence, or maybe they haven't, you know, they've been just basically idling with a contact us form on the page and maybe some sidebar conversion points related to certain services or offerings or opportunities, you know, they could hear, oh, wow, I need to get more conversational. I need to make more doorways on my company available. 
if you don't properly train and staff a person behind that experience, you are going to miss opportunities because the people who are using that are looking to save time and they're looking to make a decision quickly. One of the things that I've noticed is that within the live chat experience or then chatbot experiences is that it drives a lot of bottom of funnel interactions as well. So if somebody wants to come and not make a phone call and not fill out a contact form and wait maybe days to hear back from you, they want to talk to you now. So you need to make sure that there's a person who's trained who knows how to respond and that they're going to respond very, very quickly. That could be a place where you utilize a chat bot in order to, to start the conversation so that you get that instant touch while maybe you're fielding another engagement or another interaction. But you need to make sure you're using the right tool and you need to make sure that you've got the, the right people behind that. And I loved your thought there about not, about not trying to go too big too fast with something like that. I think that's one of the ways that you can do it. The other is, these tools, which we will talk about here in a moment, some of these tools are very sophisticated and you can get overwhelmed and then bail yourself on even applying it. It could reinforce the status quo mindset. So you want to make sure you, you figure out a simple strategy and then apply it in the sense of lean startup. You want to build, measure, learn, and improve one step at a time. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention just about conversational marketing as a whole is that I think is a pitfall is if you're not meeting people where they're at. So for example, what I've seen happen, which is kind of funny and comical, is that you have your... Let's say you're talking with somebody in a chat and then you take them away from that where it didn't need to. Like you were you were having a conversation with them. You could have answered, asked questions, answered their questions and really move them, as you said, down the funnel to the end. And you take it away, like say, oh, let's jump on a phone call or let's take this over to email. That makes no sense in my mind unless they're asking for it. So that's one of the pitfall I've seen. Just don't do that. I get it. Tell people what is available as an option, but don't try to push them or steer them in a direction that they don't want to go. Don't break the conversation. I think we'll eventually get to a spot where people who may be warmed up on a chat you know, can press one button and convert that into a video call. I, I, that's one of the things I love about Slack. You know, we use that tool and we can be in the middle of texting, you know, back and forth, you know, messaging, using the messaging function and go, ah, we've just gotten to a spot where we need to talk to each other. And we can just press, you know, two buttons and suddenly we're on a, we're on a call. And I think that's going to come. But for today, that's not really natural. That's not really available. So let me just go ahead and make sure that we give everybody kind of a sense as to the fact that there are multiple tools that you can use within conversational marketing. One of the tools that I think would really be of benefit for you to be aware of for more than just conversational marketing is, is HubSpot. Now, HubSpot is uh, an organization that's been around for years. We've been working with them for about seven years now. And as we've worked with them, we have found them to be one of the easiest platforms to engage with. And actually, Chris from HubSpot is going to be joining me on Tuesday, October 30th and November 1st, which is a Thursday, both at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Now, our call on October 30th is going to be a live webinar that you can join, and it's going to really cover their sales CRM platform, which is where their conversational tool is baked in. I think that it's one of the tools that we've most enjoyed using because we can have a conversation that starts in chat move it through all the stages of the deals and be able to close a deal and say that started as a conversation. Now, on November 1st, the tool that started HubSpot, which was the marketing engine, 
We're going to cover that as well. And that's again at two o'clock Eastern time. And I think that it would be very smart if you're an HR outsourcing that you attend those two webinars, bring your team, bring your growth team. I know, you know, Brandon, it's Q4. And this is usually when, especially for HR outsourcing companies, there's a lot of clients that want to get started for that one-one cutoff, right? That January 1st, they want to transition into having this as a partner. But you know what I've noticed is that a lot of times we are in other organizations' pipelines. And there may be some of our listeners that are thinking about making a technology purchase in the fourth quarter. And I would just recommend, as I'm sure you would too, to just stop and breathe for a second. Check out what HubSpot's doing. Check out a few other options that are available in the market as well before you jump into a contract and sign up for something. So if you guys would be interested in that, you can get to Pace PEO and you can see there on the blog section, the announcements for uh, those two up and coming webinars. But just figured we should make everybody aware that that's something that's coming up. So Brandon, let me just ask you, what do you think are some ways that people who are interested in, in, in using conversational marketing, which we've kind of isolated in a lot of ways down to that live chat, interactive experience uh, on a website, we know that there's multiple forms that that can take on. But if somebody did have to start today and they said to you, Brandon, what do I do? I, I want to make a decision. I want to pull a trigger. What would you recommend would be the steps that they take? How should they think about this? They should probably think about it in terms of, you know, what are all the touch points in their organization? What's going to be the right technology? I mean, there's, uh, we'll probably get into this, but there's, there's several tools uh, for this conversational marketing. There's, but the touch points are really important in the marketing program that you have. The website's an obvious one, but maybe you do some text messaging. Email is a component too, and you can bring email links within the email over to conversational tools too. So I think you have to, sort of step back a little bit and realize what are the ways you typically interact with your prospects and and sort of look at the data and then realize, okay, do we have a budget for implementing some sort of tool if there's a premium subscription? And if not, well, there's some free options as well. And I think just looking at that, then you can build a plan going forward to implement and I don't know if you want to go into some of the technical details of implementation, but it's not that hard to get started, honestly. I think the framework is the most important piece. Realize why you're doing it in the first place. I think that's great. I think you've made two really good points there. You've made you've made the point that the getting started is easy, and you've also talked about there needed to be a framework. And I'm just going to dovetail off that because you're absolutely right. On the technology piece, technology has gotten so easy that you can just plug and play. I mean, any one of these tools that you find has some kind of integration or some snippet of code you can slap on your website, your dev developer can get done in five minutes, and now you've got live chat. But the thing about technology is that just because it's easy for you to apply it today does not mean that it's easy for you to be good at it. Just because you can plug and play, as they say, and install it in five minutes or less doesn't mean that you're going to be good at it. And that's exactly why you need to have a framework. So, you know, at Blue Matter, our whole philosophy is that there are really five steps. It's a it's called ML5 and it's a framework that gives people a sense as to what steps they should do things in. And conversational marketing really fits into step 3 out of 5. So, even though you could buy it cheaply and you could install it today, really before you do that, I would recommend that you take the first two steps. And let me just share with you what those are so that you can kind of think about, okay, I, I'm thinking this is something we want to do. 
how do we strategically know when we should do it? Well, step one is your brand identity. And this is where you identify who you are and you clarify that. This is where you decide who you aren't and what you're going to say no to. As you crystallize and clarify who you are, it becomes very obvious for you to be able to pick who your market is. And that's step two. And your market is, is a multi-layered thing. I mean, this is where you're defining who are you a good fit for? Who do you want to sell to? Who wants to buy from you? Not just that you could sell to anybody, but who are the people that would be a great fit for you operationally from your values that are happy to pay you and like the way you provide service? Those people, when they have pain, they're on a journey to resolve that pain. And you need to know what that journey is before you do conversational marketing. Because the conversations that you're having are about those pain points. And the, those conversations you're having are different depending on where the customer is along their journey. You know, if somebody calls you today on the phone, forget chat, they call you on the phone today and they're very green. They really don't know how to describe their pain. They don't really know what solutions they should be looking at. They're not even in the spot of ready to buy. That conversation looks differently, doesn't it, Brandon? Than the conversation where somebody says, hey, we're unhappy with our provider. We want to switch to you. Yep, 100%. I agree with that. So it's important you, you, you know what conversations you want to be having before you go and try to implement a conversational marketing. It's, it's meant to scale conversations that you're already having. If you're not having them because you don't know who you are and you don't know who your market is, then you've got to fix that first before you jump in and play in this, in this area. I want to make a resource available to everybody just while we're on that note. We recently did a talk on conversational marketing and, and partnership with Pace. And I'm going to make that available uh, in the show notes here uh, at pacepo.com. I'll, I'll turn that over so that everybody can access that. And there's probably about 50 slides in there that have good examples, some videos, some statistics on really where AI and conversational marketing are going. But on that note, while we did that talk, there, there were some tools that we mentioned that would be worth I think people looking into, there are at least three on my mind, two that I've worked with, and I know you've worked with the third. The first I would propose somebody get a free trial with or check out would be Intercom. Intercom really is, is almost like a marketing automation software. It covers end-to-end -end of conversations, and you can have somebody come in for live chat support with your customer support team. You can have a lead come in and and have a quick conversation, ask for a demo, book themselves, et cetera, which can be helpful with HR companies, especially those that have a nice tech stack that supports the, you know, do-it-yourselfer person who's looking to do some things from HR on their own. So Intercom really has it. It ties into email. You can send emails out of the channel. And I, and I don't think that they do very long free trials, but, but Intercom is definitely a platform that's really robust. Uh, we use them for the Blue Matter Academy. And then we also use the HubSpot chat on our public facing pages because HubSpot for us in our mind is really where we engage with those who are interested in getting started at Blue Matter, but we use Intercom more for the customer interaction. And then the third I think we could recommend would be Drift. And, and you mentioned, Brandon, that you use Drift. What is it that you liked about using them in particular? Why did you choose out of all the choices to go there? I moved over to Drift particularly because for one, they're great marketers and they always talk about continuous improvement. And I think, in fact, they, they launched new plugins or add-ons every month. So they have this continuous improvement piece to them that I just absolutely love. The lead bot component to it, which I'm not using right now, but long-term, I really wanted to get our entire sales and marketing team 
on that to really drive more bottom of the funnel type activity. So really, that's why I chose Drift. Before that, though, the other tool I was using was called Talk2. It's T-A-W-K dot T-O. And that was a, it was a great tool. That, in fact, the free component to that was live chat. And you can also do live chat with people while they're on the website. So you can see where they're at and then start talking to people on various pages. Whereas Drift and their free component to that, they don't have that. You have to unlock it with a premium subscription. But yeah, Talk2 is a great tool. I just like Drift a little bit better. I think that's a great recommendation. There, there are plenty of them out there. But again, what I think the big takeaway is that we never want to push on the, onto any of our listeners no, yeah. the, the things like you have to go do this. But but this is one of those core pieces that I would say is probably something that's expected for every company to to need to produce as a way of humanizing your brand. And on that note, as we as we kind of wrap up our show here today, I want to invite you to attend the next episode of the HRO Grow Show, where we're going to be talking about humanizing your brand. Why are we going to be talking about that, Brandon? Well, personally, I think that technology is pushing a lot of us uh, far apart. And our our marketers especially are adapting this technology and pushing all this communication out through the brand. But we're all humans behind the brand. And I think we need to connect at a much deeper level, not just through technology, but there's a thoughtful way to, to, to adapt these technologies and the in-person. And it really humanized the brand so that we we find other people that we want to do business with. I mean, we're all humans on the other side of the, on, of the business. And I think the better you find a better fit, the more long-term success you're going to find. I absolutely agree. You know, Kevin Knebel, he's a friend of mine and he's a speaker within the HR space. He was actually a former, I think, ADP employee. But one of the things he always says is that all things being equal, people like to do business with other people that they know, like, and trust. And so I think you're absolutely right. We need to make sure that we're building both our people layer of our company as well as the brand layer of our company to be an organization that communicates that we know you, we understand you, and we value you, which are the three needs of the human heart. And those people who hear that message will want to do business with us because they'll know us, they'll like us, and they'll trust us. And so in order for you to get that episode, for you to hear us, you're going to have to subscribe. I mean, it's just what you have to do. If you don't, then you're not going to be able to know how you can advance your your brand. And so I want to recommend that wherever you're listening to this today, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or YouTube or SoundCloud or wherever you found this, I want you to recommend that you subscribe. But I also want to ask that you leave a five-star review. If we're going to get this show off the ground and in front of all the people within our industry, and I know you're going to want to keep these secrets to yourself, but when the tide rises, you all our boats rise together. So share it with your team, share it within the industry, share it with your peers. And if you think that there's anything we can do to improve, make sure you let us know by joining us in the PaceBO Open Forum group on LinkedIn is the place to let us know what your thoughts were about this episode and to let us know what other subjects you'd like for us to cover. But make sure you show up here next week while we talk about humanizing your brand. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Brandon, thanks for being on the show with me today as always. Thanks, Ryan. It was a lot of fun. And we'll see you here next week. Thanks, everyone. 